This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You are back with the Six Man Show with your boys, Jonathan and Will. What's going on, guys? As always, it is August 15, 2019. We're recording this about quarter to nine Eastern time. As always, you guys will be hearing this on Monday. So anything happens in between Thursday and Monday, you're not going to hear about it here. You'll hear about it the following Monday. That's just how we do this yeah. each and every Monday. We've been keeping these going throughout the off season. So thank you guys for rocking with us. So originally, we were going to sit down and, and really break down the Orlando Magic schedule uh, that was released uh, on Monday. Same day as the NBA experience was opened up, we got to see Aaron Gordon and, and Mo. Mo Bamba on ESPN The Jump, which was really cool. Last Sunday, we also got to see Jonathan Isaac play in the USA scrimmage. They got smacked, by the way. Yeah, they did. Um, but Jonathan Isaac played, I mean, fairly well, like a, a typical, you know, Isaac performance, I guess you could say. Uh, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 4 steals, 2 assists. Only on three of ten shooting, shot one of four from the three-point line. I think he made all four of his uh, attempts at the free-throw line, but the scoring efficiency just wasn't really there. It kind of seemed like he was trying to fit in a little bit. Sometimes it felt like maybe he was forcing, so I'm not really worried about the efficiency, but um, I I just hope that uh, I I don't think that we saw him take that leap. Like maybe some of us, not myself, but some people might have expected or wanted to see from him, but... When it comes to international play, you're playing for Team USA. It's a different dynamic. It's a different atmosphere. So I'm not really taking too yeah, much you're, from this. Yeah, you're playing with some of the best guys in the league, too. And, it's, you know, chemistry is not there. And you're only there, what, they were playing for like a week Yeah, together. a week like or two week weeks or, or two, something like that. Yeah. So I, I don't take much out of that, you know. Yeah. Nah. Okay. So let's break this down. So like we said, Monday, the NBA experience opens up. And then at 3 o'clock Eastern time, the NBA releases the regular season schedule for all the teams. Well, I think it was maybe I don't know a month or two ago when we did that episode where like what it's like to be you know what it's like to be a Magic fan like right after the playoffs ended and you yeah. know all that stuff. And I think we said on that pod that we expected the Magic to have like at least four or five national televised games. That's what we got, right? Uh, yeah, I wish. No, one game. We got one game one now. Game. I just like I don't want to I don't want to keep beating this drum because I feel like we're beating it to death. But this is just another example of the magic the the team, the fan base at times just continuously is overlooked by the national media. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, Will, like Monday, I was I was heated when this came out because just we go to Toronto everybody thinks we're going to get swept in the first round we steal game one we almost win game three in Orlando if it's not for a Kyle Lowry offensive rebound we're in that game we came back to to have a chance in that game yeah then we you know got blown out the rest of the series whatever but it's just the fact they go on to win the, the NBA championship we go. We finish the year on a twenty-two to nine run. It's just like you think that maybe we'd garner a little bit more respect from the national media. Yeah. Because I'm guessing the way that it, that it happens is 
like they probably bid, like the networks bid on what games they want on national on national you see, television. What I was thinking is because we don't have that superstar that of course that's ca- what it is. You know, casual fans or casual people just want to see like the LeBron James. Like, you know, our team doesn't have that. So to put it like for our team to be nationally televised, it's kind of hard just because we don't have that familiar face on our, right. on our squad. Um, but I'm like, I'm looking at it. I mean, Cleveland has an ESPN game, just as many ESPN games as we do. Like, I mean, I know the Pelicans have Zion, but they have, it's a team full of rookies and they have 20. Listen, the now, Pelicans, Zion is a big deal and everything, but yeah. like the Pelicans have 11 ESPN games. They have two ABC games. And they have they're playing on Christmas. They have seven TNT games. They're playing on Christmas. But I'm like, for goodness if, sake, you can just go through the list of teams that didn't even make the playoffs and still have more nationally televised games than we do. I understand this is because of the the size of the market and the big market bias. The Knicks have three or four, three or four nationally televised games. It's it's just honestly the ridiculous. Knicks, yeah, the Knicks have one on ESPN, two on TNT, and then three on NBA TV. NBA TV doesn't really count because that's they don't consider that national TV because not everybody has the package. But even where you can, yeah. you know, you have NBA TV. But even Phoenix has a TNT game. Orlando Magic Daily put out an article today that the Magic have like five games on NBA TV, but they still only have the one nationally televised game, March fourth at Miami. We can't even get a home. Even if you're going to give us one game, it better be a home game, like. Not even that. Good know? God. Like, bring the cameras to Orlando. You saw it during the playoffs. You give this fan base a good product. They're going to pack the house. They're going to have a lot of energy. Like, what What do we have to do? I, we I need a know, star. Man. We need a superstar. We need star. a star. And Nikola Vucevic is great as he was last year. He was an all-star. Not the most marketable guy. I think we can say that. Yeah, fair enough. Right? The one guy that has proven to be marketable that I think has the best chance of making that leap and turning into a star is Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon is like a 20 points per game season away from being one of those guys. That guys people are like, you know what? I do want to watch Aaron Gordon. Yeah. High-level defender, high-flyer, crazy athletic. If he can start getting buckets, that would be a big deal. Question, do you think if he gets the trophy for that dunk contest – that was in Toronto, that, you know, we all know they stole it from him. He got robbed. Do you think that would have elevated his status to more, not superstar, but to a player where more fans are like, I want to watch him because he won that dunk contest. He's a slam dunk champion. I'm going to say no because I feel like the fact that he lost – made it a bigger deal you think so okay like i feel like if he wins everyone's like okay that's the dude that won the slam dunk cost well, i mean t- 2016 yeah now it's we're it's three years late three and a half years later and we're still like aaron gordon got robbed my yeah. fantasy basketball name last year in our league was aaron gordon was robbed yeah people still see him on the street like yo bro you got robbed and he checks his pockets and then he's like oh man yeah they're talking about the slam dunk contest like yeah. i feel like him losing the slam dunk contest and everybody feeling that he was robbed kind of turned him into a bigger deal. Yeah. So for that, no, I don't really feel that it would have been better for him to win that slam dunk I'm contest. I'm just asking. Um, 
Because I know, I I mean, Ross has won. So if that was the case, you know, well, it would be kind of elevated with Ross. I, I'm not to take anything away from Terrence, but you cannot compare Terrence's slam dunk contest performance. To I'm, I'm not comparing the, the In my contest. opinion, you, you can have a 1A and a 1B if you want, but it's Vince Carter and it's and Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon there's, yeah. there's no, you cannot, you can't put either of those guys number two. Like, that's just... That's all it is. You can talk about, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, Dominique and all that stuff. Yeah, that was great. But to me, it's Vince Carter. It's Aaron Gordon. Put either one of those guys 1A, 1B. I don't care. To me, Aaron still has the greatest single dunk of all time. The, the you know, chair in the air yeah. over over over, uh, stuff. over stuff. It's just nothing is to me is ever going to beat that. Um, I don't know. He he. If he's healthy, he said on the jump. If he's healthy, he'll be in there. February. He'll be there. It's in Chicago, so he might get Zach robbed Levine again. Is there? He might oh get robbed gosh. again. Who knows? I uh, I really hope not. But but yeah, I was flaming on Monday. You know when I saw that we only had one nationally televised game, and I've calmed down a lot since then. But the things that, I'll, like I said, we beat Toronto. Finished the year twenty two and nine. We're bringing almost all of our entire team back. Yeah, we've added Al Farouk Aminu. We potentially have Mo. You know, Mo Bamba is coming back, but we potentially have Markel Fultz. So this team has just gotten better, and it, it's just kind of crazy to me. Like uh, ESPN Plus put out an article today. Uh, Kel- Kevin Pelton. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit from this. So he just kind of went through each team, you know, um, what he thinks, you know, their, you know, how many games they're going to win, their probability to make the playoffs. So he said average wins 46.4. So we'll just round that down to 46 games, which I think is pretty fair. A 94% chance to make the playoffs. So he says the Magic securing home court advantage of the, in the first round of the playoffs would be a surprise, but maybe that shouldn't be the case. Buoyed in part by poor opponent three-point shooting, Orlando had the East's third best net rating after last season's All-Star break. The Magic dumped poor performing reserves Jerry and Grant and Jonathan Simmons, upgraded their bench with uh, RPM, I believe that's rebounds per minute standout, Alfarico Minu. So he's going off of he's going off of the analytics here, the metrics. Yeah. While retaining most of their core, eighty five percent of their projected mm-hmm. minutes are by returning players, second only behind Denver. So and I read basically everything that he, he wrote there, but um, to me that's that's really a big deal. As we look at the schedule, we really have a good chance to to steal some games in those first 12 to 15 games there. Continuity oh, yeah. is going to be a huge deal. So much of the league is kind of turning over, you know, new additions to the roster. There are other guys that have left. So I, I, I'm going to stop with this. I just think that this team is just continuing, like, to be underrated and overlooked. I hope the guys are just taking every little article, every little thing that comes out and just putting it on the bulletin board oh, yeah. in the locker room. Just give our guys more motivation to have a great year. All right. Um. The next thing that we we did want to talk about a, a couple of things here. So it's been announced last year. Um. After Rich DeVos, uh, the owner, the majority owner of the Orlando Magic, um, th- that he passed away uh, last year, and that um, the Orlando Magic put the RDV uh, logo, um, you know, on each side of the court last year. Now I'm glad you know with the the memory obviously that they gave to to Rich DeVos and um well not and and nothing 
Um, but this year they've decided to to add Rich and also Helen DeVos, and they have now named and dedicated the court to to Rich and Helen DeVos. I think it's very classy. Yep. Um, not that it's it really matters. I don't know why I even brought that up. It doesn't really matter what the logo looks like. They're trying to honor somebody that was very important to our franchise. Um, just very classy move by the Magic, and it looks great. So I like it. Yeah. Um, that, that's really cool. I uh, don't know if they're going to keep that little um, black patch that they had on their jersey, so we'll have to uh, see what happens with that. Other thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, the rookies, the NBA uh, first-round picks, all had uh, like their their rookie photo shoot basically where they go they get their jerseys on uh, they take you know different pictures for different sports cards and yeah and uh, for you know the the media outlet and you know all that stuff so to me it was just so awkward the fact that Chuma is the only first round pick there that has not been drafted he's in the Orlando Magic uniform he's taking you know images and all these different poses I mean the Orlando Magic are posting these photos they are, yeah. on Instagram, on Twitter, on all that stuff. And it's just really odd that he's still not signed. Now, Keith Smith, uh, an NBA reporter on Twitter, uh, he was talking uh, to fans about you know the fact that Chuma has still not been signed and that uh, the expectation is that he's going to get stashed in the G League, which is going to um, allow him to make more money next year and also extend his rookie contract an extra year. An extra year, okay. So, and I believe, forgive me if I'm incorrect here, but I believe it was Orlando Magic Daily that asked Keith Smith that with him being stashed, does he still have the ability to work with the the team's training staff, the team doctors, and also have access to the facilities at the Amway Center? Keith Smith said, uh, "If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe that is the case. He can use the training staff. Okay. He can use the facilities. So if all of that is the case, I mean, it kind of sucks that the kid has to put off, you know, making that much money for a year. Because um, you know, if he if he's stashed in the G League, he's only going to be, you know, whatever those guys make fifty grand or which I mean, isn't terrible. Which is better than what but, he was making. Yeah, it wasn't making before, anything in college so. that we know of. Just like to say that we know uh, plenty of folk that have, you know, secured the bag." As yeah. they say, um, but if that's the case, then I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I would really like it if he was able to like travel with the team and really get that kind of experience. But if he's still able to work in rehab with the team doctors, he's still able to use all of the rehab equipment and you know all the facilities of the Amway Center. When he starts getting you know healthy enough to play basketball again, he can use those facilities and For all sure. that stuff. So I'm I'm okay with that. What about I, you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, it's not a big. It's not a big deal. He wasn't going to play this year. If he was, it was going to be towards the end of the year. So, you know, to me, it's not a big deal. Right. The fact that he's still going to be able to be around, you know, um, Cle- Cleaver. Cl- oh, my God. Steve Clifford. There I you cannot go. speak sometimes. I really have a problem. Uh, Steve Clifford is still going to be able to see him from time to time. John Hammond, Jeff Weltman, they'll still be around to see him and all that stuff. So really can't be too mad about that. Yeah, as long as he's around the team, at least somewhat, just a little bit, um, to me it, it's good enough. You know. Speaking of guys that are around the team, let's talk about Markel Fultz. So we've been talking about Markel Fultz a whole bunch lately. We did a oh, yeah. whole you know deep dive podcast on him, you know, Four or five weeks ago, whatever that was, we talked about him last week. You know the the new surfaced, you know, jump shot footage of him and all that stuff. But now Karam Butler, who during summer league was on the NBA broadcast saying he'll be surprised. You know, if Markel Fultz isn't the starting point guard this year for the Magic, he's you know 
going to come in and, and be great and all this stuff. That kind of threw all the fans into the into a frenzy at that point. Yeah. We kind of got over that. Then the dunk stuff came out. That We freaked out. Kind of got over that. Yeah. The jump shot stuff came out. We freaked out. We're still kind of freaking out about that. But now he uh, posted to Twitter uh, either yesterday or, or the day before. I honestly can't remember. It's been a long week. Thank God tomorrow's Friday. Um, but he posted a, an image of him with Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is holding a basketball. They're in a basketball gym somewhere. And it says, coming soon. He tags Markel. And it says, only on. And then he adds close-up 360. So from what you and I have gathered, uh, it kind of seems like it's a, I don't want to say a rip-off, but it seems very similar to the Players' Tribune, where yeah. the players kind of drive their own narrative. So... There were rumors a few weeks back that Jay Williams from ESPN was going to have a a one-on-one sit-down interview with Markel Fultz. We're still eagerly waiting on that, and now we'll also be eagerly waiting on um, whatever you know content is going to come from Close Up 360, whether it's a a video or a or a Players Tribune. I believe Markel did like a Players Tribune either a year or two years ago with Philadelphia to say like I'm back. I think he kind of co-signed that with like Isaiah Thomas or something okay. like that. So we've kind of seen this before, uh, but a lot of people and uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac was on a was on a a, a podcast. Uh, you know, a couple days ago, I believe it was posted yesterday, but they might have recorded the podcast earlier. Not really sure, but he was being asked about Markel Fultz. That you know, people had seen the jump shot video. What you know, what can you say about Markel? And the only thing that he was saying is, you know, we need Markel to get whole, healthy. The same old stuff that we've been yeah, hearing basic, for weeks and weeks yeah. and weeks. To me, it means absolutely nothing that Jonathan Isaac said that. Obviously, the Magic have told everybody that's associated with the organization and with Markel Fultz, this is what you say. They have clear talking points. Markel's going to be back when he's ready. We can't wait to have him. He's going to be great. We'll wait till he's healthy. It's the same thing that we've been hearing since February. Yeah, so, he's working hard. Yada, yada, yada. Exactly. Nothing really to, to get too excited about there. Um, one other thing that we did want to talk about um, was the NBA experience. So the NBA experience opened on Monday. It was on like Monday, the grand yeah. opening. ESPN was there. The NBA was there. Adam Silver, um, Magic, Magic. Oh my gosh! See how much I associate Disney with the Magic Disney now, and CEO. why we need to get away from that. Yeah, Disney CEO. Thank you, Will. Bob Iger was there. A lot of you know NBA guys were there. Dwayne Wade, uh, Brooke Lopez, Aaron Gordon was there. Mo Bamba. So my my takeaways from this, like. I really just wanted to see like what the NBA experience had to offer because when I was trying to do some research on it before the grand opening, I kept hearing like, oh, when you go, like you need to bring workout clothes because they like put you through drills. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Seeing some of that stuff um, from seeing like watching the jump, um, just like they actually want you to have like an NBA experience. Right. Like the dribbling um, things, the you can dunk a basketball. I'm not I don't remember what else they showed. Um, but stuff like that where you can do like different skills and just like it it you can put it to a level that you're comfortable with. Right. Right. And then like the hoops, like I saw that the hoops uh uh rise and go down and stuff like that. So you can dunk the basketball. I thought it was really cool. Uh you know, since we haven't been there yet. Right. I can't say much on it besides what I saw on the jump, but it looks crazy right the thing that was that was really cool to me is the fact that like they're they like you said they are putting you through drills like there's a a like a drill basically like when you're just 
you know, going around like, uh, what do they call it, like hot shot, where you're just running to different spots and, and shooting jump shots. But in the back round, they've put up this ent- this huge screen that's like a like a crowd, like cheering you on, so you get that experience of being like an NBA player now. I highly doubt that it's the same feeling of actually playing in oh, front yeah. of an NBA of, crowd. Of course not. But, no, it just, it just seems really cool. I'll be really excited uh, to go and, and, and try that out when I do get a chance. I'm actually going to be at Disney this weekend, and we kind of threw around the idea of maybe going to the NBA ex- experience, but I'm sure it's going to be crazy packed. Yeah, so. I, I, I think it's going to be too packed. Yeah. you know. Well, the thing that I'm kind of worrying about is how the whole thing works because – I don't know if you ever went to Disney Quest when it was still there at Disney Springs. I, I never went. You never went to Disney I never Quest. Went. Well, for those of you that, that aren't familiar with Disney Quest, so basically they tore down Disney Quest to build the NBA experience. So Disney Quest was basically like a multi-floor facility at – it used to be um, downtown Disney. Now it's Disney Springs. But basically they just had like – all these different video games, like all over the place. They had like different arcade games, like you could play skee ball and, and stuff like that. But they had like a lot of like interactive games. Like they had this Mighty Duck game that you could play where basically like you it's almost like the uh, like the dance dance revolution where you you know, you have those bars like behind you but they were like in front of you and you're like I don't even remember the game, but I just remember it being really cool. Yeah. But the thing about it is, like, once you paid the entrance fee, you had free roam over the facility the entire day. So I bring Disney Quest up to ask, is that what it's going to be like at the NBA experience? Like, if you pay for a ticket, do you have free range, like, over all the facilities, you know, the entire day? Can you go through the drills more than once? Or do you pay a ticket, they kind of walk you through the experience, and once you're done, you're done. So... That's the thing that that's I would good be. To know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would be kind of curious to, to to find out. I've actually I reached out to a few uh, media personnel to that were at the uh, the NBA experience, um, you know, at the grand opening to to see if I get some information, but just wasn't able to to come in contact with any of them. Sure, you're all very very busy, of course. Yeah. As I roll my eyes, no, I'm, I shouldn't have said that. That was that was messed up. They are busy, but obviously too busy to to come on our podcast and and, and do whatever. But that's okay. Okay. Well, you got anything else? That's it. For right now. That's it. Like right we now. said, we were gonna talk and do like a deep dive um on the the regular season schedule that just came out, but with all these things that kinda came up in the last week and we actually do have a lot of fan questions to get to, we just figured, you know, we've got plenty of time between now and the regular season and, and we're gonna do like a real deep dive and, and we'll go through the the schedule, you know, next week go through our predictions, yeah. what games we think, you know, we can win, where we can, you know, go on stretches, pull some wins together, where we might hit a rough patch or so. So, uh, we'll see what what's what's going to go on uh with that. So, anyways, let's get to some fan questions here. All right, first up, from our boy Crisis on C137, also known as The Dork Knight on Twitter. He's asking, I need to spit this hot take, and I'd love to hear your opinions. Aaron Gordon has already reached his peak and will never be an all-star. I hope I swallow my words, but I'm one of the only Magic fans that doesn't hype him up, it seems. Will, has Aaron Gordon already reached his peak, and will he ever be an all-star? I believe he has not reached his peak, one. He's not 28, 29 yet. So he's still got a couple years to to grow and get into his, like his real prime. Um, I think 
this might be the year, though. Like, if he does not elevate to another level this year, I don't know if we'll see that. So I'll give him a year, and then this season coming up, and next season I'll be a little iffy on it. I'll be a little worried. But I don't I don't think he's, you know. I don't think he's reached his peak. Yeah, I don't think he's reached For it. a couple of reasons. So one – so two seasons ago, okay, we saw him hit like that 18, you know, points per game. It might have been in the high 17s, but he was right there at 17 or 18 points a game. I think he was right behind Fournier for being, you know, like he was like the second leading scorer on the entire team. We saw, you know, some 30-point performances. He had one or two, uh, I think it was two 40-point games that year. I know he had one against Brooklyn that I remember very vividly. Um I still think he has another level to get to as a defender. Okay. So we'll just kind of put that off to the side because I think we all can agree that his defense is definitely all-star. We can agree that it's potentially all-NBA defensive team type of talent that he has. When it comes to his offensive game, though, this year, I think he really showed a lot of maturity in his decision-making, his shot selection. He's actually been talking about the fact that this offseason he's been working a lot on his post-game his post moves, which to me, it's just, I'm, I'm, I think we're all kind of tired of him having a smaller guy on him, taking two or three hard dribbles into the guy's chest, turning into the lane, and then shooting that fallaway jumper. Yeah. When it's like, bro, just go right over top of that guy. That, exactly. I can't stand Develop it. Develop a hook, some kind of sky hook, anything. Or when he, he, you know, shoots that three when he can easily just take it to the rim. Yeah, exactly. Like, stuff or like post that. Post a guy up, do anything like that. So exactly. I think he's still got a lot to, that he can add to his game there. But if he can continue uh, kind of the increase in efficiency that we've seen, you know, making better selection, uh, taking better shots, if he can in- increase the efficiency a little bit and also have an uptick in his attempts, I don't see any reason why if Aaron Gordon – and you know, as long as it fits what the team needs from him, I don't see any reason that he can't be a, you know, twenty point eight rebound, four assists, maybe throw in a, a steal or two and a block and shoot in the you know thirty seven, thirty eight percent from three. Yeah. If he can do all of that, then we're talking about Aaron Gordon potentially being an all star come next season. So no, I don't think that Aaron Gordon has reached his peak, and I definitely don't think. Well, I definitely think that he could still be an all-star. Great question. So next question is from Dan11. Uh, I think this is Georgie or or Yorgi, Daniel Jorgensen. <laughs> what is Judah's ability to compete for most improved player this year? What do you think? I think we have a few guys on the roster, and not to, to keep, you know, talking about Aaron Gordon, but I think Aaron Gordon, if he makes the kind of leap that we just talked about, he has a chance to win most improved player. Yeah. I do think if Jonathan Isaac takes an offensive leap, he has the ability to win most improved player. And if Markel Fultz can come and play healthy uh, and be very productive, I think he has a chance to win like comeback player of the year and most improved player. So what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I feel like Markel, if we were going to go with those three from our squad – I would say Markel just because we haven't seen him play that much. And when he did, I think he, was, he wasn't he was averaging many points and stuff like that. So um, between him and Isaac, I mean, Isaac has a lot of potential still. So we could probably, you know, we could see him improve a lot. So he can, 
he can definitely get that most improved player. Um, between him and other players in the league, though, I I don't know what other players there are right now off the top of my head that I would consider most for most improved. Because you know we still haven't we still have a ways to go. So you know, right, right. And I I agree. I think Isaac's got a great shot, but I also think we've got other guys on the roster that also have a chance to do that. So so great question. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Another question from our boy Fiddy Nasri at Fids Nasri on Twitter. He said, "Let's hear your top five greatest Magic players of all time." So we can save a little bit of time here, and we can just say the top four. Everybody knows the top four: uh, Shaq, Dwight, T Mac, Penny Hardaway. That just is kind yeah. of the way that it goes. That's the way it is. Um, but I actually, I wanted to go into a little bit of depth as to, cause we just always throw those guys out there as the best four guys in magic history. Pretty much. Yeah. And for the most part, it goes without saying there's nothing that you need to say, but, but I wanted to say just a little bit about, you know, why these guys are the best players in magic history. So Shaquille O'Neal only played with the magic for four seasons. Unfortunately, we know how that story goes. Will hates the Lakers, but in four seasons, four time <laughs> all-star one rookie of the year was an Eastern Conference champion, okay? I think we have to throw that out there, you know, the the postseason success whenever we're talking about the greatness of these guys as it pertains to to their Magic career. But with the Magic, he was a two-time All-NBA third team center, made one All-NBA second team, averaged 27 points, 12 rebounds, 2.7 blocks. So I think most people are in agreement that Shaq, looking at those numbers, is the best player in NBA in, in magic NBA history. history. Good grief. In Magic, magic history. history. yeah. Next up, I'm going to go Dwight as the second best player in, in the Magic's history. Any objection to that? I mean, to me, T-Mac is my favorite Magic player of all time. Same here. So The reason I'm it, putting Dwight above T-Mac, though, go ahead. T-Mac never won a playoff series. Yeah. Was that his fault? Not necessarily. But he, he didn't. He didn't. To me, the, the playoff success... Is just kind of the legacy that you leave with a franchise. Yeah. So Dwight, eight season, eight seasons in Orlando. And before before we start talking about Dwight, it's crazy to me that some people are hating and sleeping on Dwight so much that Orlando Magic fans are coming to his defense in waves on Twitter. The NBA 2K put out like they're all decade teams, right? And Dwight was the center that was listed for the 2010s. And people were like, oh, my God, Dwight is trash. And you just see Magic fans coming out of the woodwork defending Dwight. So you know that if Magic fans are defending Dwight, that the hate has gone just a little bit too far. People forget that for like five years, like a solid five-year stretch, he was the most dominant center in the NBA. Oh, for sure. Hands down, no argument about it. Ask your mother. Yeah, I don't know why we keep saying that, but it just you sounds good. I keep saying that. But, like, try to name another center that was anywhere near as good as Dwight Howard in the 2010s. Part of it is the fact that the center position has just completely changed and is not as important as it once was with, you know, the implementation of everybody shooting 45 three-pointers a game and all that. Now, that was for the 20, 2010s? 2010s. So, okay. like, 2010 through, I guess, 2019... I don't care, like, there. there's no player in the league at the center position that could have a good enough year this year and the last year of the 2010s to overtake Dwight as the best center of the 2010s. It's just not possible. 
So I just think it's ridiculous all the hate. Like, Magic fans can give Dwight crap. I re- like other people can call him corny and all that stuff. We're the only franchise that I think has a legitimate bone to pick with Dwight. Yeah. So if if we're not hating, like leave Dwight alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. But back to Dwight. Okay. So eight seasons with the Orlando Magic. In those eight years was a six time all star. Three time defensive player of the year. Back to back to back, might I add. The only he player so in the good. history of the NBA to win three consecutive defensive player of the years. That's a huge deal. Cannot overlook that. In those eight seasons was a five-time All-NBA first-team center. Eastern Conference champion once again. Averaged 18 points, 13 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks with the Magic in eight years. So... We can argue, T-Mac, who was the better individual player, but when you throw the postseason success, and yeah, they made one Eastern Conference championship. I'm sorry, one Eastern um, NBA Finals, um, but you know they were winning playoff series. You know, it seemed like every year, like we we were just beating up on the Atlanta Hawks. It seemed like every single year in the first round when Dwight was making you know the playoffs. Yeah, we were definitely one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, absolutely. With, With with Dwight Howard. So then T-Mac. So T-Mac played four seasons, and, and Will and I have you know expressed the fact that, that T-Mac is our favorite player in Orlando Magic history. The only thing that's annoying me lately about T-Mac is like he just keeps taking jabs at Evan Fournier whenever he, he feels like it. I understand Evan Fournier dissed him when he said that you know Kevin Durant would beat him one-on-one, you know, basically no contest, which, I mean, might be true. Same skill set, Kevin Durant is seven foot. And pro- not probably, definitely a better shooter than T Mac. T Mac was a solid three point shooter in his own right, very like a high volume guy. I would really say, yeah, more than a a good three point shooter. Um, but to me, they're playing to eleven. I'm taking KD probably like eleven to eight, eleven to seven. I mean, it's possible, and I don't like. KD. I think T Mac would bang with him a little bit more though. You you might be right. KD a little soft, but so. so but after that happened, like every chance that Tracy McGrady gets, he just takes jabs at Evan Fournier, and I get it. But at the same time, like you're supposed to be one of the ambassadors in the league for the Orlando Magic. Whenever you're on the jump, you're always talking about the fact that you know Orlando's your team. You know you're you know Orlando for life and all this stuff. So just stop just stop trashing Evan Fournier, whether he you know deserves it or not. You're just bringing negative attention to our team that like I said, is is unnecessary, unwarranted. But T-Mac in four seasons with the Magic, four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team, twice, two-time scoring title, 2001 most improved player, three straight playoff berths, and then averaged 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Now, when I was kind of putting my top four together, I'm thinking, man, there are going to be people that are salty that I'm putting Penny last. But once again, I think the the postseason success has a lot to do with it, which, which Penny had it, don't get me wrong, but I definitely was putting Dwight above Penny, right? But then when it came to the individual numbers, when you look at T-Mac and you look at Penny, like to me, there's it's not even a conversation. Tracy McGrady is just so far and away the better individual yeah. player. Now, Penny also had, you know, Shaq, um, you know, a, a few years in Orlando when maybe Penny's light could have shown a little bit brighter and he could have put up better numbers. Um, but I don't think it's any disrespect. I mean, we're putting Penny in the conversation with Shaq, Dwight, T-Mac. 
which all three of those guys, you know, are are locks, you know, for for Hall of, the Hall of Fame. I don't think you can even argue that Dwight shouldn't be a Hall of Famer just with the numbers that we've rattled off. It just doesn't make any sense. But so that that's just my reason for for putting Penny fourth. So in six seasons, he was a full, a four time All Star. Two-time All-NBA first team, one-time All-NBA third team, made it to the 93-94 All-Rookie first team, was also an Eastern Conference champion, averaged 19 points, six assists, four rebounds with his time with the Magic. Once again, his shot, his light could have shown so much brighter here in Orlando if it wasn't for you know nagging knee and, and ankle injuries, you know, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Now we have said all of that to list our top four. So, Will, this is the thing that I just don't know and I'm not sure of. Who is the fifth best player in Orlando Magic history? It's Nick Anderson. Yes, like, yes, it, yes. There's no other yes. choice. No, you're right. You're so, right. He's got most most games played, right? Second in minutes played, first in field goals. He's uh, third uh, with defensive rebounds, fourth total rebounds. You know, the only player that's not not a center in the top four. First in steals, second in points. Like I don't know who who else you could put in there. Nick Anderson played six hundred ninety two games as an Orlando Magic player. Yeah, like it just with with I, all the things that like you know he's one of the the top four and the the leader in franchise history. It almost feels like you've got to give that to him by default, just because how long that he played for the Magic. But like I was saying last week when we were talking about the fantasy draft that we did. People like sleep on exactly how good Nick Anderson was. So See, I don't think I don't think people sleep on it. I think it's just like it's been so long. Well, it I was mean, so you long forget. ago that you and, you and don't. It's not even that you forget. Maybe because you didn't grow up in that era, you don't even know. And that's the thing. Like I know that sometimes Will and I, especially when we're referencing like old players or even like the earlier, you know, like two thousand teams, sometimes we make mistakes. We've had to coach ourselves on all of like the things as it pertains to Orlando Magic history. Yeah, like Will and I really didn't start to latch onto this team until like the last year of T Mac in Orlando. Like my one of my first memories being an Orlando Magic fan is Tracy McGrady getting traded and me being like, "Mom, like this dude just got traded. I need we need to go to the mall now." And we had to go to like three different malls to find an Orlando Magic Tracy McGrady jersey at the time. Yeah. So just give us some grace and some leeway if sometimes we're not 100% on the facts as it pertains to things that were kind of before our time. Not, I mean, it's important, especially with us doing this podcast, that we have historical reference and all that stuff, but we really do try to do the best that we can. But like you're saying, some people just don't know because they did not witness it live. But the thing that I was trying to say is, so, 91-92, this is Nick Anderson's third year in the league. The Magic are still trash. Average 19.9 points a game, right? We end up with the number one overall pick. We draft Shaq. And you're thinking, man, Shaq coming in, this kid's going to kill it. Nick Anderson's going to take a step back. No. Averages 19.9 points a, a game the very next year. Next year, Penny Hardaway gets drafted. Then you're like, oh, man. Nick Anderson's really going to take a step back. No. Next two years, averaged 15.8 points a game for the the, the, the first season with Penny and, and the second season with Penny. And then continue to be, you know, a, a major contributor uh, when it when it comes to the Magic 
you know, making the the playoff runs and the runs to the finals and all that stuff. So yes, a hundred percent, you you are correct. It, it's Nick Anderson. So our top five: Shaq, Dwight, Tracy McGrady, yeah, Penny Hardaway. Now, how do you feel about me putting T Mac over Penny Hardaway? Because some people are gonna kill me for that. I'm fine with it. And I, part of it, you I know think, that I'm biased. Yeah, but some people are like, they think that Shaq and Penny is, and it is the pinnacle like of the Orlando Magic. Let's not get that mistaken. When people think of the Orlando Magic, they think Shaq and Penny, right? But I to me, I just think Tracy McGrady was was the better player when Can a, you as imagine an Orlando if T Mac had had Shaq? Oh my god. I mean that'd be That's you know, just disgusting. That's Kobe and Kobe and Shaq right there. That'd be championships. That's a fact, actually. That's championships. That's a fact. But then Penny Hardaway at number four, and it's got to be Nick Anderson. Nick at number five. Even though I know a lot of people remember Nick for missing the free throws, and we're not here to talk about giving that. them crap for that. That's a little bit why they don't. They might not consider Nick as one of the best Magic players. But story for another day. Yeah, we're really not here to talk about that. Okay, so to wrap this up, we've got a, a couple questions from our boy Carson Tulo at Lil Tulo. So Aaron Gordon versus Zion versus Levine in a dunk contest. Who you got? And then he said, try to be unbiased like I am. I think I think he means he is being biased and he wants us to be unbiased. But I'm sitting here wearing an Aaron Gordon shirt, so I don't think Listen, I can be unbiased here. I'll be unbiased. This is like trying to pick, you know, no. I only have one kid, but. I'll, I'll be unbiased. It's Aaron Gordon. He's going to win it all. Why? I'm telling you, because why is that? He got robbed. See, this is the thing with he me. got robbed. Had like Zach, like by default, like if it comes down to Aaron and Zach Levine, like Zion's a great dunker. Don't get me wrong, but I think we just look at him and we marvel at him as like a, a freak of nature because he's so big and like can jump so high. I don't necessarily know if he's quite the and I could be completely wrong like we've seen the 360 windmills we've seen all that kind of stuff but I think when it comes to Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon the thing that kind of makes them and in my opinion those are two of the best guys that we've ever had in a slam dunk contest Victor Oladipo I thought had a great showing back in what was that the 2014 or no that was the the 2015 NBA slam dunk contest because Zach Levine won it back to back 15 and 16 Victor Oladipo came out and wowed me. I was like, man, he's going to win this slam dunk contest. Zach Levine came out, and within one dunk, I think it was like he, he threw it up in the air. It bounced. He grabbed it, put it around his back, and then did like a reverse dunk. I said, yeah. it's over. Because his Vic dunks is going to lose. His dunks are so clean. They go it in so clean. The first try, he just got so much bounce. I don't know if Zion has the kind of creativity to That's what I was going to say. I don't know. Guys. One or two but dunks. We'll see. Yeah, your first one or two dunks is, you know, it's pretty simple, but then to come off like Aaron Gordon said like just to like start creating stuff off right. the top of your head when it gets when you get that deep into the the slam dunk contest is difficult. Right. So, we'll now, see. Now, this is the thing that I'm going to say about Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. If it's this year, if it's in Chicago, Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of hometown bias when it comes to Zach Levine. But I think the thing that we talked about this earlier, the thing that would overwhelm that is the fact that people know the first time around, Aaron Gordon was completely robbed in 2016. Yeah, Zach Levine would have to destroy 
Aaron and make it not even close for him to win the the dunk contest over Aaron Gordon. I think if it comes down to those two guys in the finals, everybody's going to have, you know, a, a history, you know, of reference as what happened in 2016 and they know that they don't want to be on the wrong side of history or maybe they would even be a little bit more likely to give it to Aaron just because of the fact that we know he is the rightful heir to the 2016 slam dunk contest trophy. Yeah, it's all about creativity. Right. So whoever can come up with the most creative creative dunks, you know, obviously as long as they they make it like in the first try cuz that's important too. Right. Um if Aaron can come, you know, with that creativity like he did that first go around, I think he's got it. And the thing that the last thing I'll say here about Zach, Zach is a, a great dunker, one of the all-time best dunkers that we've had in the NBA dunk contest. But I still don't think that he has the creativity. I think he and Aaron have the same ability when it comes to dunking. I don't think that he has the creativity that Aaron has. Even the dunks that Zach Levine was doing, it was still reminiscent of what we had seen the year before. And when we got into those later rounds, Aaron was still coming up with, you know, with different dunks, you know, like the behind the the back where he brought it, you know, all the way down in between his legs and then dunked it, which you couldn't really see in in real time. But when they slowed it down, that double clutch was just disgusting. Whereas Zach Levine was just doing the same dunks, but from further back, he was doing them from the free throw line, which was disgusting. But Aaron Gordon just shows that he has that kind of creativity on the fly and even his initial dunks incorporating stuff, incorporating the hoverboard, making him spin on the hoverboard, all that stuff. So same ability. Aaron Gordon's been robbed before. He kind of would get like the makeup call, I guess you would call it, and I think he's a little bit more creative. So that's me trying to be unbiased. I just I can't be unbiased when it comes to this team. I just really can't, and that's a flaw of mine, but it is what it is. Okay, so Carson's last question he said, which Magic jersey do you think reigns as the best Magic jersey of all time? I'll let you, Oh, you want me to have this one Go first? Ahead. I really think it's the classic jerseys that we wore this year. You think so? The blue and white pinstripes to me is just like the, the, the blue on that jersey is just so See? bright. It just pops. I love the fact that it's, it's the Nike cut. So it's like the modern cut jerseys, but it's also that perfect mixture of modern and throwback. The throwback to the pinstripes, you've got the shorts with the star right at the the the, the seam on the sides. To me, the the classic jerseys that we wore this season, the blue pin, you know, blue jerseys with the white pinstripes, to me are the the cleanest, the absolute cleanest jerseys in the history of the NBA. You, of the NBA, not even, not even, okay. ma- not even just Magic jerseys. I that is my honest to God favorite jersey in the history of the NBA. No, listen, anything that's pinstripe, I love it. And then anything with the the old logo, yeah, you know, with the the Magic and the star, doesn't matter what it is, I love it. So what that's, is your like? I I mean I like the ninety of all time, the nineties jerseys. But which one? You have to pick one. No, I can't. You have to. No. Black or white? I mean, probably the white one. Probably the white one. Okay. And the white one's clean. I have a, I actually have an Aaron Gordon white with the black pinstripes and, and all that stuff. So I, I really do think that's that's also really clean. To be honest, 
every jersey when it first comes out, the the magic come out with, I I love it. I even loved the the pride, you know, sleeved pinstripe jerseys at one time, but I've now realized that they're hideous. But <laughs> once again, the blue ones, that's just without a doubt, just the the best jerseys in the league, in my opinion. All right, uh, that's going to do it for the fan questions this week. Thanks to everybody that, that sent them in. Um, continue to send those in for us, guys. We're really getting into the dog days of summer here. We've got about six weeks uh, until training camp and preseason and all that good stuff. We've got about two weeks till we get some FIBA basketball. We still have guys dropping like flies. Kyle Lowry, you know, because of the, the thumb or whatever, he's now dropped out of the, uh, the USA men's you know, national team. And then uh, the guys that were actually on the USA team to get the Magic to qualify for you know the the world champion, uh, the world championship, they scrimmaged against the actual men's national team and blew them out. That's not a good sign. Yeah. So we're gonna see. It's gonna be an interesting World Cup without all of those guys because now everybody feels like they have a chance, and I get that. But at the same time, it just feels kind of lame that all these guys are, are kind of passing it up and then hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll play in the, the Olympics next year, but we'll see what's going on with that. But uh, anyways, guys, just, yeah, all, send us in your questions. We'd love to hear them, whether they're, you know, magic related or otherwise, just if you guys want to know, you know, what kind of boxer briefs will likes to wear, you know, whatever. No, nah, don't ask that. <laughs> don't ask that. I'm That's just weird. saying, whatever you guys want to know, just, <laughs> just throw us some questions. Um, as always, we appreciate you guys, you know, for coming and listening to the show. Make sure you leave a rating, leave a review, all that good stuff. Check out our website, www.thesixmanshow.com. Get some merch. We're always trying to put up new designs. So, um, really, that's all that we've got this week, guys. As always, this has been your boys, Jonathan and Will. We'll catch you guys on the next one. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!